0: American soccer fans, welcome to episode 57 of the Stars and Stripes FC podcast. Donald Wine here, manager of Stars and Stripes FC, your source for all things U.S. national teams, the players that comprise them, and everything else surrounding the game of soccer in America. This episode is going to be a fun one. You're probably going to laugh. I hope you do, because I definitely laughed throughout this entire interview uh, with Alexis Guerreros and Christian Polanco of the Cooligans, who were so kind to take some time out of their schedules. To join me and talk about American soccer, talk about their show, talk about pizza jerseys—we talk about just about everything. Uh, for two guys who are incredibly, incredibly talented uh, comedians, that kind of started—they linked up together and they were able to form the Cooligans. They've been on tour. They've—they again—they have a TV show, they have a podcast, and really are just involved in this space called soccer. But have created their lane of funny and combining the funny with the soccer is something that is very, very rare. Uh, and so I asked them about that as well. So, uh, again, the Cooligans, their show airs on Thursdays at seven pm on Fubo Sports Network. but you get to listen to them here on episode fifty seven. So here it is my interview that I just completed a couple months ago with Alexis Guerreros and Christian Polanco. They are the Cooligans. <laughs> So as i mentioned we have a wonderful interview today i am so pleased to be joined by two awesome hilarious guys they have their own tv show that airs thursdays at 7 p.m on fubo sports network they have their own podcast they're comedians they do it all alexis guerreros and christian polanco together they are the cooligans and my guys it's good to see
1: you both uh it's been a minute but uh welcome to the podcast thank you so much for having us man yeah we're uh we're huge fans of you, yeah. The last time we saw you, I believe was at the uh, the Women's World Cup send off game at Rebel Arena, and I think that mm-hmm. might have been the first time we met uh, as well, if I, if I'm not mistaken. But <clears throat> you were one of those people that was like. You're the guy on Twitter who I see on camera at every single <laughs> U.S. men's and women's national team game, and I have a yeah. lot of questions on how you do all of this. <laughs> I yeah, man. Say, it, I,
2: the last time I saw Donald was holding up a homemade trophy at every national
0: <laughs> team game. It wasn't, <laughs> game it wasn't even mine. It wasn't even mine. I just borrow them from people, and then all of a sudden the camera shows up. It's, it's how funny you how paying, that works.
2: How much are you paying these camera people to find you in the <laughs> uh, I, like, I don't
0: pay them anything. I, I, no. You know, they should be paying me for this, you know, <laughs> premeditated Boy, that, face that I have on of that's, course. that's made for podcast <laughs> when
2: I see Donald ratings go up baby
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, again look see this is exactly what we're talking about you guys are hilarious uh, I want to start by how you got to this point where you both are right now You have how did a, a kid from Brooklyn and a kid from Newark end up link up to form the cooligans for those listeners who are out there who just maybe learn about you how did you get to this point a lot of bribes a
1: lot okay. of blackmail. Okay. So, you know, typical FIFA stuff. All right. You know, you you know oh, yeah, you we yeah. used to it. It. We learned from watching you, Seb.
2: <laughs> Uh <no>. <laughs> Christian. <laughs> Has this ever happened on the show? Uh, like, Christian and I are both stand up comedians, professional stand up comedians for at this point 12, 13 years. Uh, are we counting the pandemic year? Uh, 12, 13 uh-huh. years. And um, did a lot of Zooms uh, during that year. But, uh, yeah, we just saw each other on the scene and then we kind of figured out we both like soccer and we, uh, I had a different podcast, he had a different podcast that, and we decided to do an episode that was kind of like together. Like we did each other's podcast at the same time and shared it on both platforms. And that was the first time that like we had worked together. And I've told the story a million times, but when I first met Christian, I didn't like him. I thought he was a little pompous. Uh, apparently I was projecting because it's everything I am. <laughs> uh, I thought it was a little bit much. <laughs> um, but very quickly we kind of formed a friendship and I think what we realized is we're so different that it works really well so when NYCFC started I said hey season tickets are real cheap Uh, come stand next to me Uh, so we both got tickets there we made people around us laugh and I said to Christian I'm like I mean if we could make people around us laugh we could probably do this on like video or on a podcast we did a couple videos we started doing the podcast and that's when it took off from there Uh, the podcast was the first thing that really sort of uh, found us a, a, a fan base or a group of people that liked what we were doing and we just kept going from there. And, you know, two years ago became a TV show. And here we are. And finally, after all that hard work, you reached out. It's I mean, it <laughs> took a lot. But, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only thing I'd add to that is, um, you know, as far as how, how we got here. I mean, I think the 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 constant grind of the stand up comedy scene. I mean, we've been doing that uh, for years. We were doing that essentially about six years before Cooligans was even an idea. And that helped us cut our teeth in uh, in in an industry that is um uh, where we got to understand the entertainment world and we got to understand just how to how to do a podcast how to uh, uh, be funny for long stretches of time and then uh, how what to keep
2: we- going when nobody appreciates you <laughs> <laughs> pretty much
1: and then we're just trying to bring that into uh the, the soccer space which already consists of so many people who contribute so much into this American soccer you know gumbo <laughs> to, to and and don't always ask for anything in return uh and and it I think it was that drive of like we were you know we were making no money for five years and then it finally finally something happened so uh, that that dedication uh, helped us you know uh, persist and, and get to where we are now.
0: So speaking of the dedication, right? Like I think we were talking about the Women's World Cup and how we met at the send off, but it was actually 2018, and I don't know if you guys remember this in Richmond, you guys were doing a World Cup comedy tour. Uh, and I was at the Richmond show representing, oh, Leo, okay, and okay, okay. Was, you know, we did the little segment with the goalkeepers with uh, Taylor and Dale from the uh, total soccer show Shout, right, shots right, right. to uh, shots to those guys. Uh, but how you obviously you are good friends with them and you're, you become friends with a lot of other people in the space. But I want to ask you guys, how difficult is it to combine soccer and the funny? You guys have kind of carved out a lane where you can do that. And I know how hard it is to keep people laughing and keep people also educated on the game at the same time. So how do you do it? I think
2: for what we decided, and I think Total Soccer Show is a great example. um, And, you know, obviously, rest in peace uh, to Daryl Grove, a good friend of ours. Um, But I think when we decided to start doing a podcast, Christian and I, like, sat down and talked about, like, what is it that we could bring to the table? And I think it's very evident that, like, we're not going to be – I mean, Total Soccer Show was an example of, like, here's someone that, here's two people that are doing it at a really good job. There are a lot of facts and some jokes. So Christian and I decided we're not going to have no facts and all (laughs) jokes. And I think, and honestly, like, that's kind of how we go after it. Like, we decide, like, you know what, we're not going to focus on you know, always being able to, and I, you know, I did an episode of Total Soccer Show where we did, like, where we rewatched the match, and they were like, wow, you guys, you know, both of you actually do know what you're talking about when it gets, of course, but, like, for the show, what we do best is be funny. So we're just going to be as funny as possible. And we hope, you know, Christian puts it in a great way. Like, they, uh, we we don't know that we could turn comedy fans into soccer fans, but we definitely know we could find comedy fans that are soccer fans. And then maybe we could start to bridge those worlds together. And that's kind of what we've, what we've hoped to achieve. I don't know if we've done that yet or if we're on our way, but that's kind of what we've been going after.
1: Yeah, and um, the... You know the the premise or the idea when we first started. What wasn't like, oh, we're gonna be these comics in this space because nobody's doing. It's like literally there was none of that planned at all. I I think after doing this for a couple years, we started realizing that there really isn't that that merger of of comedians and soccer, right? Where uh, we've interviewed at this point. Hundreds of players, and and I'll ask a lot of them. I said, Have you ever met a comedian? Literally, ever. It, it could be one of the most famous players you've ever known. Just, Have you ever met one? And they're like, oh, You know what? I, I don't think so. I don't think I've ever met a comedian. And that's like so surreal because every other athlete in almost every other sport has. There's, you know, Kevin Hart is doing stuff with the Olympics. Snoop Dogg's doing, you know, they're doing stuff together. The NBA, the, the all-star game has comedians play in the celebrity game and things like that. And there isn't that that um, that connection. And I think we're trying to do that. You know, it'd be, it'd be easier if we were just like super famous comedians uh, uh, and more people would be aware. But I think what, what's happening, even in, in the comedy world, there's more comedians. When we started the podcast, our friends, our close friends were like, what are you wasting your time for talking about soccer? Who watches soccer? Nobody cares about that sport. And now comedians are like, yo, uh, I saw this new MLS team. Yo, can, can you help me get tickets? Or do you know how the, stuff like that? I'm like, all right, so the tide is kind of turning, you know, maybe we're not, maybe we won't be the comedians that Completely, uh, you know, help soccer skyrocket to the moon. Um, but it's, it, I feel like, you know, how everybody is, uh, you know, and I, and I feel this a lot when we go to the the ISC uh, meetings. We have been lucky to perform uh, for in the in the uh, the, in the independent supporters uh, council and. When we're in that room and you see how everyone is coming together to basically volunteer and try to help grow the sport, that's kind of what I feel like we're doing. We're just we're just using our skills uh, to help propel the sport, you know, and, and put it in a, a better light.
0: And on the comedy side, like who are your inspirations? Like if someone's like, hey, I've never heard the Coolins perform stand up or, you know, listen to their show or whatever. What is What kind of inspirations do you take from the comedy side and apply to this kind of new lane that you guys have created?
2: I mean, I don't really think there are many. Um, you know, I'm just trying to think of, like, comedians that have been able to bridge the gap in the sports, and there aren't. I mean, I, personally, I just – I like – there was a uh, – when I was a kid, I, I saw a repeat of a show on Comedy Central, a guy by the name of Dom Herrera who he was, like – he kind of, I don't know if it, if it was just that episode, but he was like messing with someone who played with the Steelers. And I just remember being like, this guy could murder this comedian. Dom Irera has always looked like <laughs> a little old man. And he's just making this guy laugh. And it's supposed to be about sports and it very clearly isn't, but it's also not like a prank show. Like the guy knew this wasn't going to be about sports. And I think that probably is all the only thing I can ever think of that's kind of close to what we hope to achieve. I think the video we did with NYCFC recently where we're like, going over because we're we're big we're big soccer fans so we're really interested as to what what goes through the player's mind when they have this incredible free kick and blah 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 but the questions i'm going to ask are different than someone who played for so many years and then maybe had like a bad knee injury and then got into media like they they have a certain understanding they're not going to ask questions from the same place a fan does who's never played the sport at that level so i'm like how do you who negotiates who gets to do the free kick like i'm asking questions from someone who's never done it before and because I'm a comedian, I'm trying to be as funny as possible. And I think that kind of gives you a good example of what Chris and I have been sort of begging for six years to achieve, which is just put us in a room with, with players. Trust us, it'll be funny because we don't know what we're talking about and we're going to be kind of dumb and it's going to be funny in a funny way, obviously.
1: Yeah, and and it's just cool to see. Uh, I mean, it's great getting to be the, the arbiter of that and getting to be like interacting with those players. Um, but even for me, as like, even when I'm watching it back, I'm like, this is great. I've never seen soccer players like interact with comedians this way. And and the cool thing about the cooligans is that the cooligans could only exist in the United States. There's no way we could be in England and have the level of access. It, it is the Wild West out here. This is why like uh, uh, like American soccer fans maybe, I, I don't know exactly if they may not know how, how short the degrees of separation you are to your favorite player you could see them uh, either walking in the street you can um, try to go to training you could see them leaving the stadium they'll take pictures it is it is a completely different world out in in the the football mad countries so uh that is what is like the the kind of exciting thing that we like the fact that not only can we bring our like as stand-up comedians like I mean my favorite comedian was like you know George Carlin, uh, I, I, and current like it's like John Mulaney and and Sarah Silverman. Like I like wordy uh, comedians, Chris Rock, like clever Chappelle. Like I that that is w- where um, my like comedic inspiration comes from. But when Alexis and I work together, the dynamic is ridiculous. We're silly. People like it's like comedians in a green room and we get to talk about soccer. It's like it's it, it's so fun. And, you know, we notice it the most, especially when we're on Twitch, because like people mm-hmm. are interacting with us live. And it's like, man, like there is a a, a an overlap. There's of, of like soccer fans, comedy fans and, and people who want to be involved in seeing the sport grow. And, and th- that, that's why I appreciate it a, a little bit. Uh, differently than simply if someone's like a fan of comedy they're like oh I like those jokes you told cool but then if somebody's like oh I'm, I'm a fan of the kooligans it's like you are you are a fan of the fact that we're funny but you're also like oh I, I'm I'm in this fight with you to help uh, uh grow the game right and by the yeah.
2: way anyway, everyone listening I also don't know what arbiter
0: means so don't feel bad. <laughs> So uh, I mentioned you guys are carving out your own lane. It's, it's starting to be duplicated. I don't know if you know this, but but El Chiriguito, the last couple of weeks, <laughs> has been trying, trying wow. to match you guys with, with <laughs> their spice. Sure. So you got to gotta keep going. Make sure you're always one level Look, up on them. That's but it. One thing that you're not talking about is the number one story in the soccer world. Of course, I'm talking about, Josh ja Sargent going to Norwich. <laughs> going to Norwich. US Men's <laughs> National Team winning two continental championships, uh, both over Mexico. Uh, for you guys, you obviously like you know American soccer. You both are NYC, UFC fans. You watch MLS for all its flaws, and and mm-hmm. you follow them. You know the national teams. What about this summer has you excited the most about the Men's National Team as we get towards World Cup qualifying? Is it the players, or is it just again the spice that you've kind of seen in some of these games that they play
2: i've i just it, you know it's so funny like when Cooligans before we had a tv show we were a podcast we were building and that we we started to see like a lot of momentum and uh, we got invited christian couldn't go but we got invited to uh be a part of like a watch party for the match against trinidad and tobago uh where we obviously lost and didn't qualify for the world cup but if people remember the lead up to that match was uh, a thousand things have to go wrong for us to lose. So it's going to be a party. Right. Um, (laughs) And I walk in moments. I get there a little late. I walk in moments after the uh, Omar Gonzalez uh, own goal. And the mood is so weird. And I was just, I was listening to it in the car on the way there. I'm like, what are you talking about? This is going great. And like, (laughs) literally the only thing I missed was his own goal. And uh the mood was really sad. And I remember obviously we lose, obviously don't qualify. I'm driving home, like my eyes, I, I'm not blinking. I'm like staring forward, like, oh my God, did is Cooligans done? You know, is like are people just gonna turn off on soccer because of this? And all these negative thoughts are going through my head of like, yo, this could be it. From that to where we are now, beating Mexico twice in two finals in the same summer is just i mean we're what we're i think eighth or ninth in the in the world right uh 10th right. as of tenth. as of this morning yeah 10th yeah. apparently
0: okay. they kept mexico ahead of us but in, we uh, we know who, the score who knows you know yeah. Yeah. we know what's up jeez we know
2: both scores uh <laughs> yeah um i mean but still just to be in the top 10 to be where we are to where we were and even where we are you know at that time you know even going into the pandemic we weren't in the same place that we are now christian and i are like there's, it seems like we're getting more and more opportunities. And that was a concerted effort to say, like, as soon as the pandemic started, like, you know, people are going to be in a really bad place. We need to give out as much content as possible and make sure people have some level of entertainment during this. And, you know, like we might have burned the candle at both ends, but at least people felt people connected with us. Like to see where we are now and where the men's national team is now and, and things are starting to get better. Nothing's perfect, but there's a there's a hope. A lot of these kids are young that. me is like the fact that like we could see some of these players blossom for the next six seven eight years if we might have two world cup cycles with these players really fully in their prime i want to see where weston mckinney's gonna end up i want to see where tyler adams is gonna end up like all these things are just so exciting that to me that's kind of where i'm at
1: yeah and for me the the i mean it it is exciting just because i i remember after we won the nation's league match I somebody was uh talking to me uh, like at a Sunday league game and they were like oh um, you know for for the go cup final and i was like man I, for whatever reason i just feel like the us is going to win i know this is not the the ace squad but i don't know why i have this confidence but i feel like it's a real possibility and they're even watching both of those matches the confidence that that the us men played with the 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 lot the kind of like um Fear that Mexico played with a little bit too, making those mistakes that they usually just do not make. Um, I mean, it you know for the it, it, it's been a, a battle for whatever forty years or you know that we've been actually like really paying attention to it, uh, and it's I, there's a level of I mean working in the space now and and being a fan there is. Um, a, a such a deep-rooted connection now that we we've, we've spoken to so many players, we've befriended players on the national teams. That that it, it's like it, it feels different than you know when you see a, an Instagram story or post about a win or a loss. I'm like, let's go. You know, I feel yeah. like it's mm-hmm. like such a deeply. It's just a more deeply personal, and it it's something that I wish. Uh, I, I was you know for for like like for a lot of people, and we got to talk to you know, Landon Donovan about this, but that Algeria goal, like, I, I, and I told him this, I said, that goal knocked a soccer consciousness into me, like, I knew I enjoyed the game, I played FIFA, and I watched, the, I, I used to watch World Cups or whatever, but that goal was why, I, I literally was jumping on my bed celebrating that goal, and I'm like, I was by myself, I don't know why that, th- th- nothing like that had happened prior, uh, mm-hmm. So those moments, the, the the fact that I get to kind of almost live them every day on uh, being in soccer Twitter and uh, argue with pro rel this and, uh, you know, why is burhalter starting this? Whatever. Like, <laughs> I'm like, as frustrating as it is, I'm like, I'm glad to be a part of it. Yeah. And you could I, I could just tell just by your answers, like
0: how emotionally invested you are, like as yeah. fans we're emotionally invested. So as a media person. Someone who's in media, does TV, does podcasts, you guys still have that emotion in there. And I think that is what resonates about your show is that you're able to express that in a fun, in, you know, obviously in the lane that's yeah. different than everyone else in a funny way, but you're still able to resonate that. So having said that, I, I want to talk about the women for a second, because this is the only country on earth where getting bronze apparently is a failure, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we go for gold and we end up bronze everywhere else. They're like bronze. Awesome. Here we have to ask, what do you think went wrong for the women's national team, and where do they go from here? Uh, so I ask you guys, what what's what do you feel like is should be next for the women's national team? We get bronze, we're still defending two-time World Cup champs, but what needs to happen from here to defend that trophy in a couple of years?
2: Um, I you know I think I struggle with the idea of like wanting to see some some fresher blood and some some younger players. And I think one of the things that America does incredibly well on the women's side is develop some really incredible players. And there's some really fun and exciting, you know, Mitch Purse comes to mind right away. Just fun, exciting young players that I would love to see start to get more of an opportunity. Because the last thing I want to see is them not get those opportunities to kind of like learn on the job a little bit and and learn what these pressure moments are. But at the same time, I don't ever... I don't ever want to see Megan Rapinoe not playing for the women's national team. You know, I don't ever want to see, you know, uh, like Ali Krieger when she got back in was such a big moment for us because it was so funny when we saw her at the women's national team media day before the World Cup. She was like, it was because of you guys because we had joked around. We're like, yo, I'm telling you, you're going to make it. And she's like, I don't know. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, we're, I'm telling you, <laughs> like, we would say, like, yeah, yo, you're going to make it. So she joked around and said, it was because of us. Like, those things, like, it's so great to see these players that have done so incredibly well. But I, I do think, there is the there, there may be the opportunity to start to bring in some fresher players and fresher ideas. Uh, you know, wh- yeah, what are the
1: kids doing? You know, <laughs> let's get that mm-hmm. in here. A
2: couple of TikTok dances. What are we doing? You know? <laughs> I think,
1: yeah, I, I, look, this is what I would like to see for the women's national team and how the, the women's national team is sort of uh, discussed and how women's soccer is discussed. And I think what, what NWSL is doing, uh, uh, women's super league, like the, I like that we are having these conversations and we it's almost it's like a little bit challenging to be critical of women's soccer players in in to the in the same degree that uh, the men are criticized and because it, it would all it would feel a little bit ridiculous sometimes because like given the paid disparity and all these other it like it would be like it's like beating a dead horse. Like, why are you criticizing us on top of the fact that it's already challenging for us to even just do the job. But when it comes to the women's national team being the the best in the world, they they are open for a little bit more criticism and I, and is open for more criticism. And I think from a tactical perspective, Vlaco got things up you know a lot i think he got it wrong i think he he thought it kind of like this is where i think like we've seen comments from like from players about like jill ellis and basically saying like it, it doesn't matter who's coaching these players are so good they could have won a world cup or they could have won the olympics but i think maybe a world cup is a little bit different but the olympics in particular the shorter rest i think the the the, the you know having the more veteran players, which is great for experience, but you just need younger players to play in that in that specific tournament. I think that specific tournament is not built for the younger player. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, player, for the older yeah. player. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think with the rest in the turnaround, exactly. Yeah. So I think with that um, in mind, I think Flacco kind of had it wrong with with some of the lineups, with the, some of the players that he he called in. Um, it would have been uh, Great to see uh, Lynn Williams play more. Would have been great, uh, and and you know they were the the, the alternates that got to they got to play. Would have been uh, great for um, uh, Casey Kruger to play more as well. So things like that, I I think Vlaco is now on a has that shorter leash. I mean we have to they, they, it. it, it Especially with how, how great Sweden played. <laughs> Uh, and, and how everybody played us great. Right? And it's like, yo, why, we're not just we're just not used to that. And, and so that having that kind of putting his feet to the fire uh, and, and to, to, to one Obviously, play better in these tournaments. Have play better in these friendlies. I'm hoping that they play more uh, European teams. Sorry if I'm going on for so so long, but this is it's no, no, like you're good. I, I'm thinking about all this stuff. Like they, if we if we are going to be the best, you have to be criticized as as the best teams, and and you have to maintain that standard.
0: Again, this is the only country in the world where a coach comes in literally goes undefeated for like two years, <laughs> yeah. loses one game. We're like, nah, nah, he's on the hot yeah. seat now. He's got to go, Told you um, but,
2: trash, you know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gotta redo it, get,
0: throw it all out. Start all over, yeah. build, build from scratch. But I think that's kind of, you know, the, the crossroads that we're at with the women's national team is we want them to still be good, but there still needs to be some of that turnover. Some of those changes that need to be made to keep it fresh as you guys say, and yeah, you know, make it so that number one stays number one all the way. Like, you know, we don't want to be number two, we, you know, not first you're last that sort of thing but I I think they're they have a lot of questions that need to be answered over the next few months it'll be interesting to see how they do that I did want to transition back to the show for the last couple of questions you guys mentioned a bunch of players that you've interviewed a bunch of people that you've interviewed on your show give me a couple of the good ones like which ones were you like after you were done you're like wow that was awesome I can't believe we just got to interview this person and they were awesome
2: I think the first one that really shocked us was probably Allie Krieger she was so funny funnier than some of the comics we've had on the show uh just had like a a really big personality i think it's something that we've talked about before but it seems like the women's players have such bigger personality than the men's (laughs) players and i don't know if it's because the men's players maybe you know i don't know maybe they come in with like a, a different idea of what media is and the women's players are just like hey we you know let's show that we're you know have great personalities or whatever so more people pay attention to the sport whatever for whatever reason. Uh, they're just absolutely incredible. So I would say Ali Krieger's probably the first one. I mean, look, getting to talk to David Beckham was like a huge, huge thing. Landon Donovan, you know, Christian nearly, you know, like you could see the emotion of him being able to tell like the Algeria story. And we had just talked to Landon about how a million people tell him they're. Uh, <laughs> There algeria store we're like well, uh-huh. we're gonna get two more and okay. now you got a million two yeah yeah buckle up buddy you know you're this is why we brought you here like those types of things like we never even players saying like oh it's about time you asked me to be on the show and we're like what you know who we are you know yeah that kind of stuff just never gets old
1: yeah i mean the I mean, there's too many to count at this point. Uh, you pretty much any. I mean, we have Megan Rapina on uh, recently, and and to get that to was a speak, good one. Yeah, to get to speak to your heroes, and then also they're like, "Oh, you guys are great," I and mean, I know you guys. I'm like, "What?" That that uh, part <laughs> of it is uh, is, is nuts um it's
2: all like whenever there's like a big player like our instinct is to be like hey i'm really sorry you have to do this (laughs) (laughs) that (laughs) you took time out of your day (laughs) yeah well like you know you could be talking to sponsors or something like we just we never think of ourselves (laughs) like that um, yeah, but yeah, sorry, uh, you were saying.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, we, I mean, we've had a bunch of uh, amazing. Com- we had like Roy Wood Junior. Uh, from the the Daily Show on, who was a he's a, a Houston Dynamo fan. Uh, so we're like always looking for those uh, people who are like from other uh, you know you know other avenues that are into the game. Like we always say, uh, our show is a comedy show first before it's a soccer show. So if you're not laughing, we're obviously doing our job wrong. Um, and I mean, look, there's the the fact that we've gotten to speak to the people that we've had the opportunity to is an absolute dream. We are incredibly lucky. Uh, uh, you know, I'm glad that the just the the you know it took a long time to get to this point because there was a lot of time for when we started, people or like two comics talking about soccer. What are you gonna make fun of me? Like everybody was really skeptical. Uh, and now it's gotten to the point where people just like understand what this is about, that we're we're not, um, you know, when, when uh, w- like my mindset, like I always wanted to like write for SNL. That was like my dream, right? And, or, or like to write for a late night show. And And that's kind of how I approach our show. We're like, why can't there be a late night show about soccer and, and, and mm-hmm. the, and the guests come on and they talk to the host about, and it's, it's, and, and it's not about, you know, when, when soccer players are on, uh, uh, Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel, uh, everybody's named Jimmy, uh, at night for some reason. Uh, but the, <laughs> when they're on these shows, it, it, it is, they're, they're talking to them. Like they're these mystical figures, like they don't even really understand the game. And, you know, when, when, when Zlatan was on Kimmel, it's like he's like asking him, like he, he's like this mythical figure uh, and not really talking about like, well, how are you going to handle Toronto FC next week? You know what I mean? Like right. that would be just like a dope uh, experience as well, because I think the player will m- feel much more uh, open and welcome. And, and that, that, that the person that that, that the, this person, this media figure they're talking to, like really understands them. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Alexis, I know you are the connoisseur of the pizza
0: and You talk about pizza. You you even famously said, don't tell me your favorite joint because I will have a review for it and you're not going (laughs) to like it. So I'm going to ask you the difficult question of I know you I know you're from Newark. I know you got some slices there, but what's the best one that you've had outside of New York, New Jersey? Because I know, you know, that's I I know that's your favorite, but which one's the best outside? And there is a right answer to this.
2: Well, it's my favorite because it's the only place to find consistently great pizza. Sorry, everybody. Uh, <laughs> that's why I like this area. Uh, we know what we're doing. Um, you said there's a right answer, so now I'm interested as to what you think. But uh, I would say the best – so it used to be different. Now I would say the best slice I've ever had outside of uh, the New York, New Jersey area would probably be Apollonia's in Los Angeles. Uh, mm. Justin, who owns it, absolutely incredible. Christian, I took Christian there when and we were in L.A. Good yeah um absolutely incredible there's some other great ones like you know scotty's up in portland uh pizza shows up in portland uh mia uh mia uh mia something i can't remember the name in san antonio absolutely incredible slices but yeah apollonia if it was in new york it'd be top five in new York. It okay it even be top four
0: i've actually been there so that's your really good. That's, that's a good shout I, I i know our la people appreciate that because they talk People talk about how they have trash pizza but they have some yeah. good pizza <laughs> well
2: the thing is they mostly have trash pizza Yeah, you know? let's not right right
0: everywhere else is garbage
2: but there's like two or three <laughs> there's like two or three <laughs> in LA that are getting pretty good <laughs> okay
0: cool cool and the last year's last one i have is about Wait, the you swag the right answer
2: where where were oh you? so
0: so my right answer i'm from detroit so detroit style pizza to me is, is the greatest pizza on earth buddies jets are always great but i will say this in new york there is a place that I don't know if you've been to. It's called Lions, Tigers, and Squares. Is the closest mm-hmm. to Detroit-style pizza that I have had outside Detroit. So uh, yeah. next time you're next time you're in uh, Chelsea Midtown, um, I know Lions, that Tigers, way.
2: Tigers and Squares, right? They uh, they're the owners of um, Artichoke Artichoke yes. Pizza, which is famous in New mm-hmm. York, Yeah,
0: yeah. So uh, shots to them as well because every time I come through, I try to get a slice. But I'm gonna end with this. You guys, obviously, when you are on the show. You guys always get a lot of jersey swag. You get a lot of other swag. I, I see Christian for those who are listening is wearing the Megan Reyes shirt. Uh, the more yeah. female, Black, Latinx, Indigenous, uh, indigenous people in sports, uh, which is always a good shirt. Uh, you always like to rock the jerseys, though. What's your favorite one that you've gotten this year? I know you've gotten a ton, and I've seen your shows where you, or, or your clips where you have them. What's the What's one of the ones that you're like, man? I got this, and I was excited. I had to put it on like right there on the show.
1: For me, yeah, uh, yeah. So I mean, for me, it's a a, a recent one. So um, my family's from the Dominican Republic, uh, from Santiago, and uh, the the there's a a league, uh, a a soccer league that started there six years, six seven years ago, the the La Liga Dominicana de Fútbol, and they, uh, I had gone there, uh, Cibao FC. Played uh, in a Concacaf Champions League match against um, against Chivas, uh, so I went to DR. I got to visit my family. Uh, I brought my girlfriend, and we got to watch soccer in the Dominican Republic. It was uh, so surreal. So I bought a kit. Uh, I started rocking it on the show, and then they started uh, they. Sp- Saw it, uh, and they were being they were communicating with me and everything, and they just sent me the new kit. So the there it is, the Alexis holding it up. Um, so that is, um, you know, that, that there's just another connection. We are obviously mm-hmm. uh, American soccer fans, uh, but to to connect with the Caribbean and, and where, especially where our our, heri- our heritage and and where our families are from, uh, Alexis is Cuban. Um, and and for them, you know, Dominicans don't care about soccer. Like we all know that it's a baseball <laughs> country. It. Baseball. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. for them, I meet, like communicating with them and them sending us uh, they sent us kits and and, you know, and kind of the same exact thing that we're talking about. They're fighting so hard to make the sport relevant uh, mm-hmm. in a country where baseball it's a baseball mad country. And uh, so that part of it, I'm like, oh, th- there's a little bit of a connection to, like, where my family's from. Uh, uh, where my grandparents are, uh, and to, to unbox that kit on the show meant a lot to me.
0: Yeah, that's dope. That's really, I I remember seeing the clips of that in the show when you did that. Uh, and again, the thing about you guys, you can, you guys show your emotion, uh, on the show, which is not something a lot of people do, uh, whether it be good or bad.
1: Yeah. uh i mean alexi alexi Lalas was crying on tv the other day so yeah you know, yeah you know. and it's very rare <laughs> you know, rare, but like, you know you how vulnerable like... he is Yeah, <laughs>
0: right. but you could tell how that, that that meant a lot to you to get that jersey yeah, yeah. and receive it and be able to wear it so that was pretty cool Alexis.
2: yeah um i actually i purchased a uh, a cuban national team player that i found a jersey that i found um but of all the kits that i get like i you know it's so funny like people will send us kits and like some of them are like you know the, oh this is like a conceptual kit or whatever but like uh Every once in a while, we get stuff like this. And and this is just – it's really hard for me to pick, like, a kid I love because I just love kids so much. Like, my collection is so big. I, my wife is just like, please do something. But Common, <laughs> Same. common Goal sent this one. Oh, like, you man. Know,
0: it,
2: it's just so cool. Like, the, the, the concept and, you know, shouts to Avery Dennison and Soccer Bible and Common Goal for sending us this kit. But, like, the – like, kits that mean something – like, they – You know, the idea of when we got into soccer, we obviously were fans of the sport. We understand the reach, but you don't really understand like American sports. Just there's nothing that like that compares to what being a soccer fan actually means. Like there's there it's about helping people and it's about like it really like the term community is way overused, but it really is about like, how do you help the other people that also like this sport or how can this sport make a positive change? opening uh you know pitches on the sideline like the black players for change um are mm-hmm. doing and things like that like that kind of connection just it's so hard unless you've ever cared about soccer for like one minute you'll just never like i could talk to an nfl fan for days and they just won't get it until they see it for themselves so to see kids like that that are coming out that are like hey we know you guys love uh wearing kits, we're gonna make one that's gonna help people it's like yes that's what we should all be doing so stuff like that i think really hits me at a moment where i'm like you know what maybe we picked a sport that you know, is building way slower than we expected, and it's really hard to make a career in, and, you know, all these things, you know, and, and but at the end of the day, like, we're going to leave having made a positive influence on somebody, you know, and I think that at the end of the day, that, that whole idea of, like, leave the country or the, the planet a little better than when, uh, you know, when you got here, That I feel like soccer does do that, and kids like that, it, it, I wear them as much as possible because I want people to ask me, like, hey, what is that, and then I can have that conversation with them.
0: Yeah. Uh, common goal is definitely something I actually serve on the uh, anti-racist project steering committee. So, oh, great. I need to get one of those for myself uh, to add to my expanding collection. But uh, I think the one thing that you guys that you hit on is the community aspect. And you guys are certainly a big, big part of that community. Uh, and we appreciate you. So Alexis Guerrero's Christian Polanco. They are the cool Again, their show is on Thursdays, 7 p.m. on Fubo Sports Network. Next one is tonight as we record uh, on August twelfth. So follow them both individually on Twitter, uh, collectively at Soccer Cooligan. So guys, truly, truly appreciate you coming on the show. I hope to see you guys really soon. We have some World Cup qualifiers coming up. You guys are always welcome. Come rock with me, yes, party with me. You know how I get down. So if you guys are we'll in the area, some of them. Nashville, we'll be at.
1: Yeah,
0: Can't here wait. we go. We'll see you there.
2: <laughs> Detroit pizza on you, baby.
0: Oh yes. Uh, well, they, if, if we gotta to go to Detroit today. I'm gonna take. I gotta take you to a good spot. That's it. <laughs> And that will do it for episode 57 of the Stars and Stripes FC podcast. Again, I want to thank Alexis and Christian of the Cooligans for joining me. Totally appreciate them for taking the time and vibing with me about everything U.S. soccer, Jersey swag, pizza related, and just providing the funny once again. A reminder, you can check them out on the Fubo Sports Network, and they also have a podcast feed as well. Go ahead and subscribe to that. As always, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. We're going to try and get more guests on here. Probably won't be as funny as the Cooligans, but we can, we'll talk about soccer uh, in another way. But rates and reviews are awesome. They really help. So five stars if you like what you're hearing. For any topic suggestions or questions, drop me a line at at gmail.com. We will talk to you next time. Take care.